This episode is sponsored by Marvel Strike Force. If you're looking for a superhero-themed mobile game, look no further. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Your goal is to power up your favorite characters to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and beat other players in PvP modes like Alliance War and Real-Time Arena. The game is currently celebrating its 6 year anniversary, and they're letting new users in on the celebration by providing free stuff, courtesy of our unique link in the show notes. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses, and if you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all of the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out. We've received a unique promo code, so new users can follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. That's M-A-X-P-O-O-L. Thanks to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what's the first thing you would do? Get outside more? Check in on that friend you've been meaning to catch up with? Maybe learn how to play an instrument? I know I've thought about what I would do with more time in my day, and many people daydream about what they might do in that scenario. The best way to squeeze that special thing into your actual schedule is to know what's important to you and take whatever reasonable steps you can to make those things more of a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you, so you can do more of it. Therapy is not just for people who've experienced major traumas. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and it empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a quick questionnaire that will match you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash FilmDaily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily. Today is Friday, January 19th, 2024. On today's episode of the show, we're going to be talking about some of our most anticipated movies of 2024. My name is Ben Pearson. I'm an editor at SlashFilm.com, and I'm joined on today's episode by Slash Film editor Brad Oman. Hey, that's me. All right, Brad. So we've spent the past few days talking about some of our favorite movie moments of 2023, and I thought it would be nice to, t- to look ahead a little bit and talk about some of the things that we're really looking forward to this year, 2024. So uh, Slash Film published a sort of collective list of our 27 most anticipated movies of the year. We've ranked them using, uh, you know, reason that uh, that eludes me and Jacob and J- only Jacob knows exactly how all of that <laughs> all of that works. He crunched numbers and did all that jazz. But I thought for the purposes of this podcast, it would maybe make more sense for us instead of just running through all 27 of those movies to pick a few that we're individually excited about and basically like tell the other person and the audience why we're excited about them. So uh, why don't we kick things off here and have you start for us? Tell me a movie that you're looking forward to in 2024. Uh, the first one I went with is The Wild Robot, which is a new animated movie coming from Chris Sanders, uh, who is one half of the filmmaking team behind the How to Train Your Dragon franchise. Uh, and it follows a robot named Roz, who in the future ends up stranded on a deserted island. Uh, and there she uh, bonds with like animals that live there and like becomes friends with them and like kind of becomes their guardian and uh, helps them like survive in like the environment that's become kind of dangerous. Um, and then the, uh, the company shows up, uh, dead set on bringing 
the robot back to civilization. And of course, that's where the story uh, gets interesting, uh, as we might say. So uh, this just sounds like a really cool idea to me. The, um, the fact that it's an animation gets me even even more excited. And uh, I love the How to Train Your Dragon franchise. And so if that this movie has the kind of heart that those movies do, then I think this could be a particularly cool story. Yeah, Chris Sanders is also the guy behind movies like uh, Lilo and Stitch and The Croods as well. So even if you're not like a, a big How to Train Your Dragon person uh, out there, then um, yeah, maybe some of those other titles might draw you to this one a little bit. Um, the one that I want to talk I guess the first one that I want to talk about is a movie called Trap. And this comes from M. Night Shyamalan. And as you might expect, because it's a Shyamalan movie, we don't really know very much about it right now. But just the fact that he's continually making movies is awesome, especially since he's... You, you know, he's he certainly like uh, come over the hump of that terrible stretch of his career. And I feel like he's really sort of like in the pocket these days um, back, you know, on, on top or maybe not to like six sense levels, but certainly making interesting stuff again. Um, and this movie Trap is has been described as a psychological thriller set at a concert. And we don't really know much more about it than that. But we do know that Josh Hartnett is going to be starring in it. So I'm very excited about that. Josh Hartnett has been like one of my, you know, quietly favorite actors for a long time. Like he, he's one of those guys that uh, I really think just makes everything better. Um, and he's been actually having like a little bit of a resurgence recently. Like he showed up in Oppenheimer and Black Mirror and uh, Wrath of Man, a really fun Jason Statham movie not too long ago. Um, so I'm excited to see him get like back in starring role mode here. And then also, interestingly, um, Haley Mills from the original Parent Trap and like Pollyanna and like movies from like the 1960s. She was a, a child star. Is is uh, she also played? Um, I think her name was Miss Bliss in the early version of uh, Saved by the Bell. If you ever like grew up watching that, Brad, um, oh. she uh, is going to be co-starring in this movie. So uh, again, like not much known about the plot, but I'm I'm excited about this one. It's called Trap, and I think it opens uh, in August of this year. Um, all right, hit me up with your next one, Brad. Uh, the next movie on my list is uh, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Now, I will say this might seem strange because um, I, I didn't give the best review to Ghostbusters Afterlife, but that's mostly because I was just a little frustrated with the the third act because of the ghost of Egon Spengler of it all. And it just felt like it, it, it kind of felt like a messy conclusion to a movie that otherwise the first two thirds of is a fantastic Amblin entertainment movie, like almost the kind of movie that I don't feel like uh, we really get anymore. Um, and so I'm very much interested in Ghostbusters Frozen Empire because uh, it's bringing us back to New York. We've, we've gotten hopefully the huge nostalgia play out of the way and like how they handle, you know, Harold Ramis not being with us anymore and bringing back the original Ghostbusters. And so even though they're still involved with this one, the story is still very much focused on the the new generation of Ghostbusters, the Spengler family and how they're working with uh, the, the team and also the expansion of Ghostbusters as like a literal franchise within the universe because uh, Winston Zeddemore's character has basically been like uh, he's he's super rich now and so he's funding Ghostbusters research and development of like uh, to learn more about ghosts and trapping them and that kind of thing and I just feel like this is an opportunity to really dig a lot more into Ghostbusters in a way that we haven't been able to before and expand what is possible within it and a lot of the things that director Gil Keenan 
uh, has been saying about the movie also gets me really excited. The fact that they kind of drew some inspiration from the real Ghostbusters for the ghosts in this movie. And that's I really the, the animated series, right? Yeah. And uh, and I really dug the trailer too. I thought it was a cool trailer, and I'm I'm interested to see how how it turns out. So I'm I'm a Ghostbusters diehard, so I'm always going to be curious, and I I'm genuinely excited to see what they can do with this one. Excellent. Okay, uh, my next one is Megalopolis, the new movie from Francis Ford Coppola. And um, Brett, I'm gonna be honest with you, I have not seen. Well, I've certainly not seen all of Francis Ford Coppola's movies, but like I've not even seen the most recent say three or four features that he's made um i'm looking at his imdb right now apparently he made something called distant vision in 2016 which i've literally never heard of until this moment uh i knew that he put out a movie called twixt back in 2011 uh he put out something called tetro in 2009 um i never actually ended up seeing youth without youth in 2007 did you see any of those by any chance i saw you without youth and i saw tetro and i remember them being solid for what they were but nothing that i was like you know over the moon for and uh twix had that thing where like they released it and then like they just not too long ago actually like on on blu-ray they released like a totally different like cut of the movie called like betwixt and like something blah 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 where they like it was a completely new vision of the movie or something like that yeah i remember him doing this thing where i want to say twix came to hall h and comic-con it one did year. and i was not there for that but i remember him sort of taking the movie out on like a like a roadshow style format where it was a different cut of the movie every time like the yeah. the editing was um yeah sort of all over the place and it was like an interesting experiment that he was doing um but yeah all this to say i guess is that i've not seen many of his like late later stage movies but this is a movie that he has put like a ton of his own personal money into and uh i mean you know at the end of the day it's a new movie from the guy who brought us what could be what what certainly like a, a strong argument could be made for the best four film run of all time, which is the Godfather, the conversation, Godfather part two and apocalypse now. Um, and so megalopolis is the new movie. It's basically about uh, somebody who wants to rebuild New York city as a utopia after a, a big disaster befalls the city. So the cast in this thing is unbelievable. Adam driver, Forrest Whitaker, um, Aubrey Plaza, Lawrence Fishburne, John Voight, uh, Natalie Emmanuel, Shia LaBeouf, Jason Schwartzman, um, Talia Shire, Dustin Hoffman, Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> it's like everybody is in this thing. Um, and it's just a, a big ambitious swing from Francis Ford Coppola. So uh, I'm going to hopefully use this as an opportunity to like dive back into his filmography and, and uh, check out all these movies that I've missed over the years. Um, but I'm just excited that he's out there and like really betting on himself in a big way. So um, again, we'll, we'll have to wait and see like how this thing actually turns out, but he's been talking about making this for a long, long time. And I'm, I'm excited that uh, I think it's finally going to come out this year. So um, that would be my next one. So tell me about your next one. My next movie is another franchise sequel. Sorry, I'm a simple bitch. Um, and uh, <laughs> it's Marvel's Deadpool three. Uh, I'm excited for this because this is the first Deadpool movie that will fall under the purview of the Marvel cinematic universe proper. Uh, it's bringing back Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. There have been a lot of rumors swirling about how it will also fold in uh, other aspects of the 20th century Fox Marvel universe, such as other X-Men characters, maybe some Fantastic Four characters, uh, either iteration, probably, maybe even even both. Um, and so I think just the prospect of having a meta movie with Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool to like poke fun uh, at the um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe and then the separate Fox Universe and the coming together, having Wolverine back. And there's just a lot of really fun aspects here for, for them to play with. Um, 
I, 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 I'm a little bit skeptical, but since it's, it's Sean Levy directing and, you know, I, I love real steel um, and, you know, stranger things obviously is a good thing, but he can, he can be really hit or miss. So it depends. I'm hoping the fact that, you know, collaborating with Reynolds and this being a big Marvel movie uh, will really help, uh, help it land firmly. But I'm, I'm just very much excited to see what happens. Yeah, man, I've, I've never really been big on the Deadpool movies, but the fact that it's going to be in the MCU, I guess is like, the most interesting thing about it, but the Sean Levy, the Sean Levy of it all certainly gives me a little bit of pause. He, he directed um, this uh, Netflix adaptation of um, All the Light We Cannot See, which is a fantastic book, and that came out last year, and I, I could barely make it through one episode just because it was so terrible compared to what the book was. So um, yeah, I think to, to call him a hit or miss director is um, is putting it kindly. So we'll have to see if like, yeah, maybe that collaboration with Reynolds and like the... Um, I don't know, the, the structure almost of like what a superhero movie can be. Maybe that'll actually end up being beneficial to him because with the Deadpool character, you've got the structure. And then part of the fun of those movies ostensibly is being able to sort of poke outside of that structure and, and wink at the audience and all that jazz. So uh, we'll have to see how that one goes. But um, OK, let, let's take a break and then we'll come back and finish the rest of our list here. All right. Uh, one that I wanted to talk about, Brad, is A Quiet Place Day One. Where where do you stand on the Quiet Place movies these days? I like them a lot. I I think that they're um they've done a good job of building suspense and tension, and the uh the sequel worked um pretty dang well. Uh, in addition to the first one being a big hit, and so yeah, I'm I'm definitely curious about this one. I like the first movie a lot better than the second movie. I think the second movie is fine. Um, the reason really that I'm putting this on the list is because well, two reasons. One, Lupita Nyong'o and Alex Wolf are in this. Lupita Nyong'o, everybody knows who that is, I think. Alex Wolf has kind of a more generic name, so people might not recognize him, but he's he was in uh, Hereditary. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He's, he's a, a promising up-and-coming young actor. So that's one reason. And then the other reason that I put this on here is because it's being directed by not John Krasinski, but Michael Sarnowski, who directed movie from 2021 that all of us really enjoyed called Pig that starred Nicolas Cage, which I think is like one of the best Nicolas Cage movies ever. Um, and so the fact that this guy is stepping into this world, um, I think there's an opportunity there to do something really interesting and maybe even elevate, you know, this day one movie, like this prequel, even over what originally came before, you know, the, the John Krasinski movies. So uh, there's a, it, you know, it's a cool world, this cool sci-fi world with the alien invasion and all of that. Um, I am, you know, intrigued by the, the day one aspect of it all. Uh, even though I'm not like super in on prequels all the time, I just think there's like maybe enough stuff here to like potentially have this like elevate above the, uh, the things that could you know potentially keep it down. So, um, we'll see how that, how that turns out, but, uh, tell me about your next one, Brad. My next one is the fall guy, which is a, very promising looking movie starring Ryan Gosling uh, as a stuntman who has a complicated relationship history uh, with another film crew person played by Emily Blunt. Uh, and this just looks like it is packing anything and everything that you want to see in a movie. It's got some comedy. It's got some romance. It's got like genuine uh, big action set pieces, because, of course, uh, what happens in the movie is that the, the stuntman ends up getting into some serious danger when another uh, person who's supposed to be part of the crew ends up dead. Uh, and so there's just a lot of uh, intrigue here. And that person is played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, by the way. Uh, so, yeah, and this is directed by David Leach, uh, who, in case you don't know, is 
kind of a big deal when it comes to making action movies. Um, you know, like it, he's he's done some great things uh, with John Wick, and so I am very much interested to see what he does here by digging into um, uh, a, an action comedy scenario. Because you know, he's with with stuff like uh, Atomic Blonde and John Wick more recently. He's um, you know really been shown that he can do incredible action sequences. Um, and Deadpool two was a little shaky when it comes to mixing like the, the comedy and the, and the action. But this, I feel like with Gosling and Emily Blunt and just the, the entire crew that you have here, this, this just looks incredibly cool based on the trailer. Yeah. This is also like one of my um, most anticipated movies of the year, but I'm just like a little hesitant because I hated Hobbs and Shaw so much. And I've, I've just not like, yeah, see, I, not- I liked Hobbs and Shaw. So, <sighs> okay. All right. Well, that makes sense why it's so high on your list then. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, this is like the most, like the movie that I'm going to be the most disappointed by the, the big movie. Anyway, we should say these movies that we're talking about are ones that like we know have, you know, either confirmed release dates or like is very, very strongly implied has going to be, you know, these movies are definitely going to be coming out in 2024. There are a ton of movies as always that just like pop up over the course of the year that we had no idea, you know, that were not on our radar at all. Um, So you kind of have to take this exercise with a little bit of a grain of salt. Like these are big studio movies for the most part that we're talking about here. And like the chances of all of these movies being great is probably pretty low. Um, But still this one, I think of all of those types of movies, uh, I'm going to be the most like crestfallen if this is a, if this ends up being bad because it just has like seemingly every um, element in place for it to be great. So I'm excited about that one too. Uh, okay, speaking of two, Gladiator 2 is my next one that I want to talk about. Um, how's that for a god-awful transition? Uh, Paul, I Mescal, love <laughs> Paul Mescal um, plays, I, I believe, Lucius, who is the nephew of Russell Crowe's Maximus character from the original Gladiator. He appeared, that character appeared as a young boy in the first Gladiator. And now he is a grown man in the second film. Um, we know that Connie Nielsen is in this. Uh, we know that Denzel Washington is in this. We know that Pedro Pascal is in this. So uh, I, I'm, yeah, uh, Joseph Quinn from the most recent uh, season of Stranger Things is also in this. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Ridley Scott has up his sleeve here, but like returning to this movie 20 plus years after the original, um, is it going to be a terrible idea? I don't know, but, uh, (laughs) but it's a new Ridley Scott historical epic drama kind of thing. And I feel like if nothing else, it has to be better than Napoleon, which I enjoyed more than most people. So, um, (laughs) we'll see. Are you excited about this one at all, Brad? I would say that I am more curious than excited just because I, without seeing anything like, and I, I trust Ridley Scott to do something that's at least interesting. Um, but like, yeah, I just don't know how you pick up, you know, the, the thread from gladiator and have it be a sequel rather than just doing something that is a completely different movie, you know? So like, yeah. I'm, I'm more curious than excited, I think. Okay. So tell me about your next one. Uh, my next one, and this is one that we are all very excited about because it was it was uh, the number one movie on our most anticipated list that we published on Slash Film, uh, and that is Furiosa, and it's a a prequel to Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, we have Anya Taylor Joy in the role of Furiosa instead of Charlize Theron this time because it is a prequel, and 
someone younger apparently needed to be in the role. You also have Chris Hemsworth and a fantastic prosthetic nose, making him look almost unrecognizable uh, in the trailer. But I mean, uh, trust in George Miller always. Mad Max Fury Road is one of the greatest action movies of all time. Uh, one of the best films of the 21st century. And I am so very excited to see what he does with, with this movie. It looks uh, just as wild as Fury Road. And I, I, I cannot wait to see the mayhem he's created here. Did we talk about the trailer when that came out? What, what was your reaction to that trailer? I don't know. I, I, I didn't talk about it on the podcast, I don't think. Um, but it's, uh, I, so I, I think that it looks very promising. The one issue I had is, is, and I don't know if you felt this way, but to me, it felt like, there were a little more visual effects elements that felt unpolished and made it feel a little less tangible than Fury mm-hmm. Road. Because yep. one of the best things about Fury Road is that like the visual effects are seamless and like everything feels practical. And a lot of stuff was practical, but they did stuff to like you know hide certain pieces of you know uh, special effects rigs and that kind of stuff. And here it just felt like there was a little more evidence of CGI and and green screen. And I hope that that's not indicative of what the final movie will look like, or maybe it's like a style choice for some reason but that that was my one issue with the trailer yeah 100 percent same page and i i have i uh harbor the same hope that like maybe that was just because they had to sort of get a trailer out into the world and that was the best they could do under those circumstances because there are a ton of instances where trailers have ended up looking way worse than the final products they have so much more time to sort of tighten things up in the home stretch so um okay the last movie that i wanted to talk about on our like list proper here is mickey 17 which is bong joon ho's new movie um his first film since parasite which was like obviously a sensation back in 2019 and this one stars robert pattinson it stars uh, stephen young as well naomi aki tony collette and mark ruffalo great cast there uh it's a sci-fi film and it's about um i think robert pattinson's character plays a, an expendable, a disposable employee on a human expedition sent to colonize an ice world. And when one iteration of him dies, a new body is regenerated with most of his memories intact, apparently, is, is one of the uh, log lines that's floating around on the internet a little bit. But uh, there has not been like an official full on trailer for this movie yet. Um, it was actually scheduled to be uh, to come out, like I think, early this year ish, and then ended up getting delayed recently and i think it's no longer on the uh release calendar for warner brothers right now but i'm i'm fairly confident that it's going to be released like later in the year because it's clearly done or close to done um so i think you know chances are are pretty high that we're going to see this one and uh all of those people that i just mentioned um you know coming together for a sci-fi film uh is exciting exciting enough but the fact that it's bong joon ho uh returning to sci-fi after Snowpiercer and some of the other films he's made. I mean, this is just like very, very exciting to me personally. So uh, that's Mickey Mickey 17. Uh, Brad, I asked you before we started recording if there were any movies that did not make our list that you're still, you know, excited about. Was there anything that you, you know, sort of were poking around and and saw that that sort of meets that criteria? Uh, So there are a couple movies that I... I would say kind of similar to Gladiator 2 that I am more curious um, about than I would say excited about. Uh, One of them being Twisters, the sequel Mm. to to Twister, uh, which is supposed to be directed by Lee Isaac Chung, stars Daisy Edgar Jones, Glenn Powell, Anthony Ramos. Um, And I'm I'm more curious about this just because I know there was like a little bit of hubbub behind the scenes of how uh, they were trying to get Helen Hunt back for this, but they didn't want to pay her enough, apparently. And it's not clear whether this will actually be like a legacy sequel where Daisy Edgar Jones is playing Helen Hunt's daughter, which was what the early indication was. And I just don't know if they're going to fuck it all up 
So yeah. I, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I love the original Twister, and I'm, I'm interested to see what they can do with the with a sequel. But yeah, I, I have some some skeptical reservations. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so I wrote down uh, six titles here that I was just sort of trying to do some research, and I could not confirm that these had 2024 release dates, which I think is part of the reason why it didn't make our they didn't make our group list. Uh, but I wanted to run through them here just to sort of put them on people's radars because I'm excited about all of these. So one of them is called We Live in Time, which is a romance starring uh, Florence Pugh and Andrew Garfield. And it comes from John Crowley, who's the guy who made Brooklyn, um, the 2015 movie starring Saoirse Ronan, which is really great. Uh, so again, like the the plot line and all that kind of stuff, fairly shrouded in detail or, or in, uh, in shadows right now. I'm not sure if there are any actual like official details out there about the movie, but uh, Florence Pugh, Andrew Garfield, romance, John Crowley, like sign me up, I'm, I'm in. Um, Maxine is another one. Have you caught up with, uh, with, um, Pearl and, uh, God, what's X. the other one? X. Yes, of course. Yes, uh, have I you have. seen, okay. Yeah. So are you excited about Maxine? That's the, the third in Ty West's trilogy starring Mia Goth. Uh, yeah, I'm, I would say I'm, I'm excited about that. Not like to the point where I'm like, oh my God, give it to me now. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely up for seeing it. Yeah, this one, I guess, is set in like the porn world of like the 1980s or something. So uh, it's also got a, a great cast. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Baby Girl is the new, the new movie from Helena Rain, who directed Bodies, Bodies, Bodies not too long ago. And this one is a, uh, an erotic thriller starring Nicole Kidman. And Antonio Banderas is in this. Harris Dickinson is in this. Um, Sophie Wilde, who played the lead in the horror movie Talk to Me last year, is also in this. Um, and Jean Renault, who was in... Leon the Professional and a bunch of other things is also in this. And um, yeah, it's about a successful CEO who begins an illicit affair with her much younger intern. So I, I think that's probably going to be the Harris Dickinson character. And Nicole Kidman plays the CEO. So uh, excited about that. Um, I, I enjoyed Bodies, Bodies, Bodies and and seeing you know all that talent come together. Seems like there's a lot of promise there. Uh, a movie called Bird is also in the works. That one is uh, the next movie from Andrea Arnold, who did um, American Honey, if I'm not mistaken. And Barry Keoghan and Franz, Franz Rogowski are in this one. Um, again, we don't know really anything about this, but uh, but again, th that combination has me excited. And then let's see, what else uh, do I have here? Um, oh, a movie called Opus, which I'd never heard of. This is a horror film directed by a first timer called Mark Anthony Green. And the reason that this has my attention is because of the cast. Ayo Itabiri, John Malkovich, Murray Bartlett, Amber Midthunder from Prey, uh, and Juliette Lewis are some of the names attached here. Oh, so nice. that sounds cool. Uh, and I think the the uh, one line of description about this is that it's supposed to be about an iconic pop star's return following his decades-long disappearance. So that's intriguing. Uh, and then finally, and I'm, I'm glad that I have you on this podcast, Brad, to tell you about this movie, because I'm not sure that you knew about this, because I definitely did not know about this. There's a movie called Y2K that is, I think A24 is making it. I'm not sure, again, if it's like coming out in 2024 for certain, but it seems like it could. And this is the new movie directed by Kyle Mooney of uh, Saturday Night Live fame. What? Did you, did you know about this? No. Okay, Tell so me more. Yeah, so the film, uh, I'm reading from Wikipedia here. The film depicts the projected event of Y2K actually happening while two loser friends crash a high school party in 1999. And it stars uh, Jaden Martell from the It movies, Julian Dennison from um, 
the I think he was in Deadpool 2. He was also in The Hunt for the Wilder People. And Rachel Zegler is in this as well. Um, what? Alicia, Alicia Silverstone, Tim Heidecker is in this too. Um, Fred Hetchinger from the first season of White Lotus is in this too. So uh, yeah, just I, I know that you're a big fan of Kyle Mooney's work, Brad. So um, oh this one, gosh. and he made, uh, God, what was the name of the movie that uh, played at Sundance that... Brigsby uh, Bear. Yes, Brigsby Bear, which... Love Brigsby Bear. Yeah, I remember you being a big fan of that one. I enjoyed that as well. And I feel like that was like a criminally underseen movie, but you and I saw it that year and we're trying to do our best to, to champion it. But um, so yeah, basically like consider this another recommendation from both Brad and I to seek out Brigsby Bear because it's a very small movie, but um, I think it packs up a pretty good punch. And so, um, yeah, I figured you'd be, <laughs> you'd be psyched to know about Y2K, Brad. Yeah, I am very excited about this. I, it is immediately on my radar. And yeah, I would have, I would have certainly tried to put this on the list if it had a release date. So yeah, I, ho- I hope it gets a uh, release date this year. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, hey, okay. Wh- hey, where do you stand on, uh, this was another one that I was thinking about where I'm, I'm more curious than excited. Uh, Beetlejuice 2. Yeah, man, that's a tough one. Like, um, because this movie has been in the works or like various stages of development for so long, to me, it just kind of has like a stink on it, you know? Like, yeah. they've, they've tried and failed so many times that like, why now, you know? Like, and and the fact that it's, this is a Warner Brothers movie too, right? Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just like this movie coming out in the Zaslov era, just, I, I, I have trouble getting excited about it. But, but maybe all of that stuff is just like extraneous noise and I should, I am I am going to try to like reserve full judgment until the actual movie comes out. But um, yeah, uh, as far as like where it places on my hype meter, I'm a little worried about it. Um, but yeah, where do you stand? I'm, I'm in the same boat. Cause like at the, at the, I should be excited just because I mean, Michael Keaton is Beetlejuice again. It's great. Uh, an amazing performance that, that he gave in the original movie. You know, they got they got Winona Ryder back. They got Catherine O'Hara back. They, they've added Willem Dafoe and Justin Thoreau. And of course, you know, you have Jenna Ortega, uh, which, which feels like, you know, an, an easy casting decision. Um, mm-hmm. But like Tim Burton has just been so disappointing for like over a decade now, you know, and I just it's hard for me to get excited about anything he does anymore. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I'm hoping that Michael Keaton has like, the good enough judgment to like have seen the script and being like, okay, yeah, this is good for me to come back after all this time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I enjoyed big eyes, which he made, but that was like what 2016 or something like that. And even that was like, I feel like I'm one of the few, I'm one of the rare defenders of that movie. So yeah. um, a lot of people don't like that. And, and before that, I think the movie that I enjoyed of his the most was probably um, God. Uh, what's the one that came out in like a two oh a uh, big fish uh another yeah. big movie from tim burton so like that was like 2003 or something so it was 20 years ago at this point so uh yeah it, it's tough and i i hope that's the, this is the one that sort of like puts everybody back on top and like justifies the fact that they took so long to make it um but yeah we'll see about that um i did want to mention that there are a bunch of other movies on our slash film list that i linked in the show notes and a lot of them are like really bit you know dune part two and like kingdom of the planet of the apes and like big movies that i felt like we probably didn't need to talk about here because people already know that that they should be excited about them um but uh yeah so like save your emails if you're like why didn't you guys talk about this check the uh the list of of titles here and then you can send your emails after that (laughs) um so yeah i think that's going to do it for today's episode of the show you can find more about all the movies that we mentioned on today's show at slashfilm.com 
I will link to several of them or several pieces about them in the show notes here. Slash Film Daily is published every weekday, bringing the most exciting news from the world of movies and TV, as well as deeper dives into the great features you can find on the site. You can subscribe to the show on Apple, Overcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe to our newsletter. Send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and mailbag topics to us at bpearson at slashfilm.com. Make sure to leave your name and general geographic location in case we mention your email on the air. Don't forget to take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That really does help us out a lot. Tell your friends about the show any way you can. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week.